And a good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's COSIDA uh, Capital One Listening and Leading Webinar. This is our fourth in the uh, series. We are pleased to offer a discussion on content creation and idea, sh idea sharing, how to adapt your content and digital strategies during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Nick Guerrero from George Washington University and the chair of the Continuing Ed Committee. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today in these difficult times and these difficult and unchartered times. Uh, before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to our corporate partner, Capital One, presenting sponsor of our Continuing Ed series. Uh, as a reminder, the webinar will be posted later today on CoSIDA.com and in CoSIDA Connect, our membership online community. We also will have this as a podcast and you'll be able to download it from the services listed on CoSIDA.com and we will place this webinar on our uh, COSIDA YouTube channel as well. Uh, please ask uh, your questions as we want to hear from you, uh, what's on your mind, if you got any comments as well and suggestions, uh, please use the chat box, which you'll find on the right-hand side of the portal. Uh, we'll save time during the uh, webinar uh, towards the end uh, and uh, address those questions. Uh, please send them to us now and uh, we'll get to them later. Uh, so with us today, we've got a great group, uh, Sean Medeiros from Endicott, Emory Halevi from Harvard, Alex Falk from Manhattanville, and Katie Gwynne Hewitt from Temple. Uh, well, first of all, everyone, thank you for taking some time. Um, I know we're usually on Tuesdays and we've moved this uh, to Monday um, just to uh, be able to get those creative minds thinking after what was a holiday weekend. So thanks to everybody for joining us. Thank you. We'll start it. We'll start it with everyone uh, up here on the dais first, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about your messaging and tone. And obviously, in, in this time, you know, it's a little bit different than if we were back in, you know, what was the old times where you can, you know, post a little bit different, use some some other colorful languages for some of your games and some of your recaps. Um, Sean, let's just start with you, and then we'll go. We'll go across. Uh, the day as you know what's the difference in your tone and messaging so we've tried to really hone in on what has kind of worked for us um, overall is just kind of being that compassionate and emotional side of things like really diving deeper into those human elements than we normally do a lot of the discussion at Endicott is being a family and being together already um, and how close-knit our community is so we've really tried to focus a lot more on that um, We've, for instance, you know, obviously everyone's doing senior send-offs, but we're not just keeping them to student athletes. We're also talking about uh, fans that are around campus or our student uh, work-study students, photographers, things like that. So we're trying to really hone in on that like real personal feel. Um, and anything in the social captions are being vetted by four to five people before we're posting. Um, and we're just making sure that it's, it's more of a positive together message than it ever has been before. Um, for me, I guess I'll just go. Um, yeah. It's content really hasn't changed for us. The things that fans care about continue to be the things that fans care about. They want to hear from coaches. They want to hear from student athletes. They want to know what they're doing. They want to see some past accomplishments and future plans. And so in the beginning of the shutdown, we were very careful with the kind of content we put up. We waited a couple of weeks before we even put anything up. But right now, it's obviously not business as usual. Um, but our content really hasn't changed. It's it's the same content. It's it's the same thing that fans want to hear about, and we figured fans have 
even more of a hunger for sports now than they had before because there is no live sports. So how can we fill that? How can we fill that gap with the content that we know they like, we know from metrics that, that fans are engaged with? So we tried not to reinvent the wheel and be sensitive, of course, and be aware of what we're posting, but continue with the content that's worked. Yeah, I mean, kind of more to echo Sean's point, we, as, as well as Emory, I mean, we're continuing to post a lot of content, content that maybe would, we wouldn't have posted before, but we are still kind of posting it in the same form or fashion, maybe a little more often. But yeah, when we were first writing up all of our releases that had to deal with the cancellation of seasons and things like that, I mean, we were trying our best to be very sensitive, one, sensitive, and two, just really try to let the student athletes and coaches and Manhattanville community members know that we were trying really hard to try to get these games. And obviously, you know, in hindsight, it maybe might not have been the best decision to try to do that, but we want, I mean, that's what they wanted. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to try to get these games in somehow. And, you know, when we ultimately had to cancel the season, you know, the conference, the NCAA, everything was canceled. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that those student athletes and family members and friends knew that, you know, this hurt us almost as much as it hurt them. So just making that apparent in anything we post is is a really big point of, you know, sticking for us. I definitely echo that, Alex. Um, really, the concept of sensitivity has driven basically everything that we've put out, whether it's on social uh, videos, graphics, or on our website. Um, the first kind of week or two, um, our athletic, our senior staff in our athletic department really requested that we just kind of like keep a low profile, um, kind of see how this affects um, Temple and our city being one of the largest cities in the country. Um, and, you know, it has had a big impact. Um, COVID-19, we've turned our basketball arena into a hospital. So we've, we've really, um, the tone and the messaging has really been sensitive. And and like Emory said, it's not business as usual. We've kind of kind of transitioned, I think, to what we'd be normally doing. Um, we, we kind of are snarky sometimes and sarcastic with our fans because Philly fans are a little bit crazy. Um, but we've really had to be sensitive and um, just kind of take a step back. And, and like all these guys said, like double checking what we're posting and, and things like that. So sensitive is probably the best word. So we talk about tone and messaging. Now we let's talk a little bit about the value that you are adding to that tone and messaging and how important it is, especially in this in our profession right now. Um, Sean, from, from what you guys are doing at, at Endicott, how important is it to get some of your content out and add value? And I know we'll talk about it with your one-on-one -on -one a little bit, but you guys started out a little bit slow to let it let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, so everyone sort of echoed that same focus. Uh, so we purposely took around three or four days as a staff to just say, hey, you know, we're people too. We need to digest this as much as everyone else does. Um, so our main focus, honestly, when everything happened was, was we kind of went around to coaches and just asked them how they were doing. Um, and from that, we got the overall sense that we just needed to put the pause button on everything. So three to four days, really thought about things. Then we met as a group. And we said, okay, so we've obviously been silent. Our fans are going to know that. Uh, what's the next step? So we put out a very declarative message, like, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to focus on being sad and upset. You know, we're 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 through the grieving process, uh, and we use that exact terminology. And we said we're going to be positive. We're going to shed a positive light on our student athletes, and we're going to hope 
as our social media channels can to be a positive light for all of you who follow our channels who aren't student athletes. Um, so everything has, everything has focused into that. I'm sure we'll get into it more later. We've kind of had three phases of what we've been doing. Uh, the first phase was informational. Now we'll be resource uh, geared in the, over the next month and then talk about maybe outcomes for our student athletes, but everything within that messaging um, we've been trying to ask ourselves questions like, how does it benefit us? Um, where does it position us from outside groups that never would know Endicott? Um, so again, as I talked about earlier, really trying to hit home on that family togetherness aspect. And then overall, where does it fall into our content strategy plan that we've normally done? Is it out of the box for us? We don't want to be out of the box right now. We don't want to be trying to do anything vastly different. Uh, a lot of this stuff we've done in phases before during the year, um, but but like I said, you know, we're trying to hit home on those ideals and then more side of the gratitude and then just listening to people um, and their their outside voices. Um, we, we play on the emotional side and, and that a lot. So we've just been really focused in on that as much as we can. And for us, it's been a two prong approach approach. It's the external and the internal. You know, our value to the external audience is, is obvious. It's always the same. We we send out stories we tell stories we send videos we um our communications team controls our website it, we're the public facing aspect of the athletics department and for many people the university and that really hasn't changed but our role internally has really evolved which used to be especially for my team producing live broadcasts which is now not at all our role but suddenly things that didn't really require attention do for example recruiting visits coaches who used to bring student athletes on campus and just walk them around can't do that now and um, coaches who used to take even if they couldn't bring recruits they would just take their phone and walk around their offices and show people hey this is where we are this is where we'd go none of that is an option and so we are the people with the resources. We are the people with old footage from games and photos or facilities and drone flyovers and all this content that we have that we use and is now suddenly important in different ways because we need to think of everything the department does and what we can, especially as a video department, do to make sure that things that can't happen in person can happen in a different way. And so that's really how our job has changed and how our value and our role within the department has really shifted. Yeah, with us, um, you know, our first kind of approach to it was kind of like Sean said, to not play on that emotion, a bad phrase, I would say, but kind of embrace it, I guess. And, you know, I, I have a pair of GAs and, and one of them put together a very very like heartwarming video that was picked up by a lot of people around the college and really embraced and it gave people that sense of like we are feeling together everybody's feeling the same thing you know we're it's it was like a nice overview shot of the campus and a lot of just a few little lines here and there saying like we know you didn't get what you came here to get things like that but you know we're all together we're all with you and then overall just the approach that we've been taking in, in order to just increase engagement with our social media accounts in general and just try to keep that frame of mind going that you're part of a community it's really just the community aspect that we're trying to continue and i guess we were doing a, a decent enough job that we were we were asked to assist with other departments outside of athletics and kind of give them a branding and you know we were just asked to lend for lack of a better term our expertise to other departments on campus that don't normally have to be so um you know so exposed to the public 
as far as like you know, specifically we're working with our student affairs department and they're asking us to give them a face and put a video together for accepted students day because these kids aren't coming on campus but they need to know what is available to them that's not just academics and as far as this college is concerned you know there's a whole life outside of academics for student life and academic and athletics and intramurals and and you know we were just asked to help with that so it's really just not going into this thinking i'm an athletic communications director i'm focusing on athletics i only care about the athletic department it's really just widening your gaze and taking anything that really comes your way and, and, and being grateful that you have this opportunity to still have a job because there's lots of people out there that don't actually have that opportunity still and we're we're definitely not essential workers but we're still employed and we're doing our best to you know keep it keep that for everybody involved i would say of course echoing these guys um like all important aspects but our focus really at temple has been um how can we provide a good experience for our student athletes like we've, we've talked about that especially the graduating seniors and the those who got their seasons cut short so focusing on student athletes focusing on our coaches how can we help them recruit and then focusing on our our uh, community whether that be academics or just general fans so um with our student athletes we've we've all done i mean people across the country have been doing it, but like senior profiles and kind of just how how can we make their experience and their memories here, um, you know, positive ones. So highlighting them as seniors, we're still going to have some sort of like senior day video, even though they won't get their senior days. Um, and then like these guys said, how can we help our coaches recruit? We're based in North Philadelphia. That is not um, as people know, that's probably not the most glamorous place in the world. And so how can we still get students to come here and, and how can we support um, our coaches in those recruiting ventures when they can't go see them and they can't come on campus? So, you know, and then just everyday life with our with our community and, and sharing old games and bringing the community together to rally around Temple Sports when we don't actually have Temple Sports going on. So that's how we've been trying to add value. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll break into our individual sessions. Uh, Emery, we'll start with you. And, uh, you know, it's April 13th, and, you know, the Ivy League Digital Network is a network that has streamed over thousands of events per year. Where would you guys be right now if everything was, was still happening? Where, how many games would you be in? You know, rowing season's going on. Have you kind of lost count on, on where where you guys would be right now? I tried not to think about it. You know, if a, if a weekend has 10, 12 games, it's considered a light weekend. I can hang out with my kids because there's only 12 games. Um, so it's it's been very different. A lot of people I've been talking to um, have been talking about the change from going 100 miles an hour to a sudden stop. It wasn't the gradual slowdown that we usually have because as we progress during the summer, things slowed down, but that didn't happen. We went from a very, very busy weekend. We were Harvard, who was going to host the Ivy League basketball tournament the weekend when everything started and got canceled. Um, and so we were very, very busy and getting ready for everything and then everything stopped. Um, so it's you know, been it's been a change. You know, obviously it must be, it would be hard if you're a coach or, or administrator to talk to student athletes, but I know within your program, at Harvard, you're using a lot of interns from different schools that are, you know, just just looking to break into the industry. How hard was it for you to talk to some of them and say, hey guys, 
show's over. You know, usually we never in, in, in the TV industry ever say show's over. Um, but how hard was that just to kind of tell them that, you know, the experience that they were going to get is getting put on hold? It wasn't easy. Um, we have a team of 65 students and recent graduates who work our games. Um, and they're people who are very passionate about what they do. They're passionate about sports and production and broadcasting. And while we pay them, we don't pay them a lot. And if they were really in it just for the money, they wouldn't. They, they could make more money working elsewhere. They're here because, or they were here because they're passionate about this and they want to learn. They're in college and this is their opportunity to try different things, figure out what they want to do in the sports world, behind the camera, in front of the camera, in the control room, outside of the control room. Um, and the spring season is a big part of that. You know, baseball, softball, lacrosse, rowing, outdoor track, and sailing, all these things that we do would have had a big impact on people and their future. And so what we did is A, communicate, communicate, and communicate. I, I reached out to them as soon as I found out anything at all and kept on updating them on changes. And we've continued to be in touch. And I've continued being in touch with the game day crew, even though there are no more game days telling them what our plans are for the fall as much as we know and what we can do for them right now and offering them access to all our archives. If they want to watch any of the old games that they worked in any capacity, here's how they can get those games. And if they need reference or recommendation letter for letters for future things or for grad school or whatever they're going next, I want to make sure they realize that we are still resources for them even if there are no live games. So that's what we've been doing. Well, and that's one of the questions that got brought in um, from Emily Dorco asking, you know, if you're a fan and you just talked about it, if you're a staff member, but if you're a fan that's trying to request some video content, but it's not readily available, how are you guys handling that? You know, obviously we've seen and, you know, I know you guys have done a great job throwing some some throwback games, but, you know, if there if, if there's just a field hockey game that somebody wants to watch from a couple of years back, if you were in the office, OK, you can, you know, send out the video to them. But how do you how do you handle that now? We're very lucky in that Harvard has a very robust network and we're still connected to it. And so there are very few non-live things that I could do in my office that I can't do now. And so if we and we do get requests, I can mostly um, send it off from my computer at home and there isn't a big change there. And um, what we're trying to think of is how can we do it in a more methodical way? You know, getting the one-off request, getting a mom, a field hockey mom who wants a copy of her daughter playing that, that's easy. We get this all the time and I can help. Um, but what do we do with our other content? We have content going back to the 1930s all the way to you know a month ago, and we're sitting on it. You can't really access it unless it's you know from 30, 60 days ago and you go to the ESPN archives and you see what we stream to ESPN Plus. But besides that, we're the only ones who have it. A lot of schools out there have been doing these rebroadcasts, re-airs, um, showing some of their older games and broadcasting them live so that people can interact and it's more of appointment programming we're working on that and we're looking at some other ways to highlight some of our really really old stuff things from the 40s and the 50s and what makes sense there is it just putting content out there and saying hey here you are just sift through it or incorporating into a, a more nuanced uh, nuanced story or a more structured calendar so another question that's come through, and, and I think you guys, everyone talked a little bit about it, but it was helping with coaches not being able to get on your campuses. But, you know, talk a little bit about how you've helped coaches with recruiting. You know, has there been discussions about recording or streaming any visual um, campuses for recruits? I know, 
you know, you, you check your website and any of your broadcasts, you guys have many bumpers and fly-ins and some of your broadcasts. So a lot of that stuff might even be in the can already that you can just easily send out. Yeah, so it's really evolved. Um, initially, in the first couple of weeks of this, I was working really closely with their coaches on helping them get their job done remotely. You know, we are, as many SIDs and video people, are the video experts in the department. And everything is done now on Zoom or on FaceTime or on Skype. And so a lot of our coaches had questions about how to continue coaching and how to continue doing their job with remote tools, reaching out to their team, reaching out to recruits within the rules, and what can they do with the tools that we have available from Harvard and just to the general public. So that was really the first couple of weeks helping the coaches feel, feel out the, how they can adopt this new reality. And now it's really about content. Now the questions I'm, I'm getting are, can we get access to all our games from two years ago so we can start working on quick highlights packages for specific athletes? Can we get flyovers of certain areas of campus so we can show potential recruits? Can we get access to games so we can break them down with our team and use, you know, Zoom has these telestration and, and tools so you can pause a video and then draw on it and say, well, this is what you should have done here and there. These are things that are easy to do um, for us, especially with the resources we have. And it's our job to help our coaches and really make everything available to them. You know, me sitting on thousands and thousands of video reels does no one any good. We need to make sure that at the very least, our coaches have access to it so that they can use it to what they see is um, the best use. So obviously part of our title for this is idea sharing. You're been known as, as you know, one of the brainchilds of, of you know, college athletics broadcasting. What ideas do you have for someone who you know, may um, just just be sitting there saying, hmm, how do I, like, how do I make a video when I'm not in the office? You know, we don't have games. You know, if you're a small one-man shop or a small school, what ideas do you have for some of those people? Okay, so I'm not sure who I'm talking to, but if I can share my screen, that would be helpful if someone can give me access to that. Oh, look at that. Stand by, everyone. Show my screen. Okay, I'm guessing you can see my screen now. Um, this is a quick playlist that I just pulled together some of our recent videos from YouTube um, just to show examples of what we did. We had a series that started in the fall called Meet the Crimson Coaches, which is basically a, an, um, an interview with each of our coaches talking about how they got to where they are. Not about the current season or anything, but why are they a coach and how do they get to their field? Initially, when we did these in the fall, it was us going out with cameras and lights and microphones and making sure that we have the best video possible as we're interviewing the coaches. We've obviously moved away from that. This is Devin, she's our women's lacrosse coach. And we did, my crew did this interview with her using Zoom. You can tell that she's looking down. We're working with coaches on moving cameras to eye level. You can tell that she's at home, um, but it's still content. And some look better than others. Here is Meet the Coaches with our women's tennis coach, which we worked on right now as well. Um, you can see in a moment, she's, I think, in her kitchen. Well, you can see in her kitchen in a moment. And, you know, coloring, lighting could be better. But the thing is, what viewers really care about, what fans really care about, is the content. They care about the stories. If they are fans of Harvard women's tennis, this is what they want. They don't really care that it's slightly too yellow and that it's slightly too fuzzy. That's not their concern. So we've tried to really continue the projects we've been working on. Um, and make sure that the content keeps coming. In addition to content that's more specific to the shutdown. So 
Here is a video series we're working on called Crimson Chicken, where we have student athletes film themselves and send videos of what they're up to right now. We've been cropping them square so that we can put them on Instagram and put them on Twitter and Facebook as well and have more of a consistent look. Um, here's one where we had to help a little bit with sizing. There we go. Um, but it's more about timely specific content that's specific to the environment we're all in as opposed to content that has to do with um, with series that we already started. Um, during the year, I'll stop sharing my screen now. During the year, we kind of, we don't have a content calendar. We kind of just roll with the normal schedule of college athletics because there are games on Fridays and Saturdays and sometimes Sundays. And so on Thursdays, we have content that leads up to those things and Mondays are recaps and we just go with the normal flow. But these days there's no normal flow. And so we've been much more specific and we have an actual content calendar, our plan for the week and which videos we're going to release and every day and make sure that it's spaced out and it makes sense. And that's how we've been a lot more um, deliberate in what we're releasing. And it's not just about the videos we already have. It's about when does it make sense to release them and how do we keep fans engaged and interested in everything we do. Now, how important is it to keep the, the SIDs involved with this? Obviously, you've got a staff that can pretty much self-contain a lot of these videos, editing them, getting them posted. But are you talking with the SIDs about getting specific student athletes and, and you know the reason to pick that specific student athlete? Absolutely. So we're kind of in the middle, the way I look at it, and the SIDs are all around. And we're part of the communications team on purpose. We start with the SIDs. Every project idea starts with the SIDs. If we want to interview several student athletes for this Crimson Check-In series, we reach out to the SIDs and say, hey, who do you think from your sport would make sense? Who really is comfortable in front of the camera? Who has some interesting stories? Who would be easy to talk to and helpful? Who knows how to hold the phone sideways so that the video doesn't look weird? You know, who can we reach out to? Um, so that's the start. Then we take over, we talk to the student athletes, my team films everything or via Zoom now and edits everything. And then the release is the SID role as well. They're the ones that have the tone for how we really like to communicate on Twitter versus Facebook versus Instagram and what kind of language do we like and how do we like to list links versus how much text do we like. So we want to stay consistent. We don't want to change everything we do just because it's the video team leading some project. And so we start with the SIDs, we finish with the SIDs, and we're there in the middle. Awesome. Thank you, Emery, for taking time to talk to us today. Obviously, you know, I know your love for live production, this must be hard for, for you and, and your staff, especially a lot of those uh, resumes that you get on a daily basis of people that wanted to work for you. Absolutely. All right, we'll bring in Katie back in to talk a little bit about what she's doing over at Temple. And Katie, obviously in your first year um, in Philadelphia, who would have thought that this is, you know, how you kind of end your first season, but talk a little bit about what you and your staff are working on um, from a content creation, but also, you know, from different marketing aspects to kind of keep people engaged. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I started the day before football season, so it's kind of been a little crazy. And then, you know, basketball season never like officially ended. But um, yeah, the first few weeks, I'd say we kind of just got our, our feet wet and working from home. We're a really collaborative group. The group that I oversee is our video team and our graphics team. So um, we kind of struggled really honestly at first being creative and, and because we don't, we're not near each other. We're not around each other. And we can't just like 
toss ideas across our cubicles and, and things like that. So um, I would say that we we really struggled at first, but now we're kind of getting a feel for things. Um, our communications group is is separate, so we're still working with them, obviously, on a regular basis, trying to get ideas and see what our coaches want. Um, but that's really, I think, been the most important thing is is what do our uh, what are our coaches looking for at this point? Um, how can we help them recruit? What are the types of messages that they want going on on their accounts? Um, and that's really important. Um, we also work with our sport administrators to kind of get a sense for things that we should be pushing for those sports. We're all, you know, direct lines of communication and then working with our production team. They're, they're airing some older events and games and races and things like that. So how can we support that from a social standpoint? Um, so yeah, that's, there's, there's a lot of things going on. It's sometimes it feels like we're all going in like different directions, even though we're not physically going anywhere um but just kind of trying to get our feet under us really still one of the things that emory talked about is communicate 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 i think that's as an sid that's kind of what's been ingrained in, in our brain since day one but as a leader what are some of the steps that maybe you've taken or something that you've had to learn since being home on how to communicate with your staff are you guys doing you know facetimes are you guys doing zooms like how are you staying you know on not to say on top of your staff but to know that everybody's doing their job yeah we do um we're a zoom school so we we do zoom meetings every week the the thing that i've realized really as a manager and and especially as a new manager um is trying to figure out people's styles and their work styles um and especially now that we don't have you know, we're not in the office for the typical like nine to five. I have people on my staff who are much more active at night. Um, I have people on my staff who maybe aren't morning people, kind of things like that. So, um, and this kind of goes back to adding value, but it's kind of a kind of an interesting thing. We started doing like daily logs and how you're spending your time and what exactly you're spending your time on. Uh, we use a task management system called Trello. So we for the most part, we know what projects everyone's working on. We're just kind of looking for that extra, like how much time are you spending working on? Are you being more productive when you're at home or are you less productive because it maybe is a little like making you anxious or, or something like that, or um, there's more distractions kind of things. Like I myself, I have a toddler, so sometimes at home I'm less productive. Um, but those are, those are kind of things that in our, our routine that we're working through, but also, like I said, as a new manager, and I'm trying to get a feel for how people like to be best communicated with. And for some people, that's email. For some people, that's texting. For some people, that's direct phone calls. So that's something that I've kind of had to like really figure out quickly um, here, not being able to see people in person all the time, which is the way that I like to address people. Um, so if we're if there's an issue with something, or say. A graphic or a video comes back that we we want to tweak how how do we best communicate that with each other um, so that the the tone of our our message isn't lost over maybe a text or an email um, things that might sound passive-aggressive or something like that so we're working through a lot of things but but definitely figuring out how to communicate and, and keeping up weekly meetings via zoom has been really really important and beneficial for us so here's a question that, that that came in and I think it'll be a great one for you is do any do you feel um, overwhelmed at all with the pressure of needing more content? I think we all have, you know, you're overseeing a lot of different people, um, you know, almost like when is enough 
is enough sometimes, um, especially when you're dealing with a with a league that's putting out a lot of content and internally. And you know, we've we've talked about what coaches want and administrators and university. How have you kind of you know juggled that where you know priorities are priorities, but at the same time, there's no games going on, so content needs to get put out. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. Um, I mean, I specifically do social for our football and our men's basketball teams. Um, and then I oversee our graphics and our video team, which support obviously those teams as well as all of our um, our Olympic sports. And yes, it can be really overwhelming. And I think for me personally, I'm I'm always on social media or I thought I was always on social media. And now I'm like really always on social media. So I feel like we're in this time warp where you're just like always on. And so you're questioning like, am I posting enough? Are we making enough content? But but really in like in a normal Monday, I, I would be at work and I might not have looked at my phone as many times as I have today and, and noticed that maybe we're like missing something. Um, so we've tried to really take that approach for like a bird's eye view and, and what are we providing across the board as opposed to like, each you know SID thinking about their their sport account handles and and what have we put on there and things like that. Um, but yes, it's been I would say it can be really overwhelming. So that's when we default back to okay, what who are our audiences? Who are our target audiences at this point? And and as I mentioned before, those are our student athletes, our coaches, and our community. So how can we you know regardless of what we're doing, are we hit are we targeting those audiences enough? You talked about it before, but having a fa having a young family and, and kind of don't want to use it, but being cooped up at home, yeah. you know, do you feel that that's something that's going to help our industry with work-life balance? You know, obviously, you know, you're not on the road as much and, you know, maybe your Saturdays and Sundays, you guys can, you know, go food shopping at a, at a, at a normal hour. Um, as a leader, have you worked with your staff and even gotten some guidance from, from some senior management on how to make that life balance little bit different in this in this time yeah I feel really lucky honestly um, when I my, my most previous step was at Michigan um, I felt I felt 100% content with how um, we were managed from a work-life balance standpoint and and here too at Temple so I feel like I've been really lucky in that aspect um, and now having a toddler who like walks and can get into things has been just a new <laughs> challenge in our life especially in a tiny condo in, in South Philly um, but yes I've been really lucky to have managers that are really understanding and I am hopeful I've been I have been thinking that about that a lot so that's a good question about how maybe the future looks for us especially now that I feel like a lot of us have always had like a work from home moment at least and now it's a lot of moments as <laughs> you know stacked together um so in the future like what does that look like for for our industry and does that mean maybe we're working from home like one day a week if we don't already do that or over the summer when there's less going on do we have the flexibility to do that and i'm interested to see how that kind of plays out i'm not sure um at my place of employment what will happen but i think it will be interesting to see how this affects us moving forward, definitely from that work from home standpoint. So here's a question that's come in for you uh, uh, from Rainy or Perez. Uh, you know, what tips do you have or suggestions in creating content calendars, being more strategic on when and what to post? 
We use, we're a Google school, so we use Google calendars that all of our SIDs have access to. Um, and then I have our graphics team and our video team have access to it. And I'm like a very visual person. So that's kind of where that stems from and, and putting together a calendar so you can see what's upcoming. Um, but like I said, from a bird's eye view. So, so that's been really helpful for us in terms of like managing our load and kind of to spread things out. Um, that would probably be my best recommendation. I, I know a lot of people have content calendars, obviously, but but being a very visual person, it really helps me to kind of see days and like over time and we color code and things like that. I'm one of those people who like loved having binders with like color coded tabs and things like that. So that helps me the most. So we're living in the now era where, you know, like we've talked about social where it's, you know, you have to get your post out now, but have you started thinking about the future? Have you started thinking about your 20 football season? Have you started thinking about, you know, your, your fall sports and, you know, what you guys as, you know, creative content managers are doing to get those teams prepared? You know, we always, I think like the running joke's always been as an SID. I wish I had enough time for that. I wish I had time. I wish I had time or, you know, oh, we'll just get it done in the summertime. You know, and as we're, we're slowly possibly getting back to our offices within the next couple of months or so, have those conversations started yet because you essentially have, you know, put a bow on the 1920 season. Absolutely. We, um, our, our graphic designers right now are in the process of building our look for next year. And, and whereas in previous years, that probably wouldn't have happened until June, I guess, um, just because, you know, wrapping this, the spring seasons up and, and whatnot, but, but definitely, I think the really concerning thing is we're just not exactly sure when we're going back so we can't get too deep into creating things with dates and times and and whatnot um for fear that we we might not be playing on those days i think that's just the the general fear that we have especially like i said being in a big city with a lot of people um but yeah i mean totally looking forward at at how can we be better prepared now that we have almost like this extra time and in you know how can we t turn this into like a glass half full situation we have more time we have more planning we can be more thorough in our planning um but, but definitely looking forward and and for us too we play in an nfl stadium how can we fill those seats once football season does come to fruition how can we you know get our messaging out about tickets and, and things like that it's obviously not business as usual but how can we keep going because you know at some point this is going to end god willing like this is going to end and we're going to be back to whatever our new normal is so how can we make sure that we're best um, situated and 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 focused in the in that moment to be going in the right direction and not stalling and not kind of like oh crap like we're back <laughs> what are we doing but but definitely yes focusing on focusing on the future Cool. Thanks, Katie. We'll join back with you in a little bit. Now we'll bring back Sean uh, Medeiros uh, from Endicott to talk a little bit about what he's doing at his school. And Sean, I know you've got uh, a little, um, uh, you want to share your screen and uh, talk a little bit about uh, the three steps that you've uh, you started working at at Endicott. Yeah, so um, I, I can probably just read it off if need be. Um, but basically, we talked about um, you know, if everyone can see kind of that top bar. So potentially when we first started, everything was sort of informational phase. Our, our biggest, um, you know, thought process was pretty much about how can we spread information um, that's accurate 
and what we want to get out about you know what's going on with with COVID and how our school is reacting not only reacting not only from um, the athletic side but just the academic side in general. I think one thing that you'll notice about Endicott if you look at us is we we promote everything, especially the holistic approach of the way we view student athletes. But um, everything's important on our campus. Uh, so, for example, you know we'll be talking about Relay for Life on our our social channels on EC Goals later this week. Um, so those things impact our student athletes and our student body in general. So um, that's sort of when we went, where we went first. From there, um, we really targeted recruiting uh, for our students, uh, pr prospective students, and for our coaches in general. So a lot of the pages we touched up were recruiting pages, made sure that everything was good there. We started adding virtual visit links. Um, we started tackling some athletic training and strength and conditioning pages. And then we have our Y Endicott pages um, that we really started putting in a lot more links than we normally have. Those have been built out over time. Uh, Rob Polardi, the former SID at Endicott, I, I can't begin to describe how well curated um, his efforts were in figuring out, you know, what should be in there and what shouldn't be in there, what college language, what should we share and what we shouldn't. Um, so those were really built up through him. Um, and then those sort of factor into our sports specific pages where there's a section for recruits. Uh, so we really honed in on what was in those messages from our coaches, um, added additional links, even added uh, video tours of our first year residence halls. So that way, internally, the way we instructed our coaches was that all of those links needed to be in their email signatures and then kind of go from there. Um, so that's sort of been the informational phase. The resource phase, we kind of figured, you know, how do we best help our student athletes from our end? So obviously we're gonna have, you know, some engaging posts on social and things to kind of keep them laughing and, and that sort of thing. But um, we worked with our strength and conditioning and wellness uh, or our uh, counseling center to put up a wellness hub, uh, has workouts, mental health ticks and uh, trips and, you know, tricks and tips and things like that. Um, there's workouts, there's rehabilitation type things in there. There's also events that are happening on campus that are virtual that our student athletes could access that maybe they haven't seen through their email. Um, so we have all of that in that hub. That's probably like the fourth link on our website right now. It'll be pushed back up once we get through some D3 week stuff. Um, but for next week, for example, we're gonna have our student athletes talk about you know the, the things that's been working for them for online learning and working out uh, we're going to bring in some professors and and kind of engage them on on how they've experienced online learning. Um, and then we're also going to do some features on what our coaches have been doing in their Zoom calls specifically with the hope that um, prospective students can kind of get a better glimpse of what our coaches are doing with their student athletes, um, maybe so they can see some insight into the program. And then eventually we'll kind of get down to the outcomes of, you know, talking about what our student athletes have been doing. Obviously, this is more geared towards once we get through the pandemic, because we normally do a series called Goals Graduate, and we talk a lot about what they're doing post-graduation, whether it's uh, you know secondary degrees or jobs they've landed through internships, things like that. Um, and then for this week specifically, for D3 week, just to kind of um, incorporate some recruiting, we've themed everything for the day. We'll talk about our facilities. We'll talk about um, our fifth-year master's program on Sunday, just so that maybe some prospective student athletes can see that, that there's an option beyond even uh, playing, you know, your four years as an athlete, you can go on and do grad school there. We do have some student athletes that actually um, forego in some ways more and more likely because of injury their first year, uh, so they have that option. So um, we're trying to, to think of everything in sort of a recruiting and informational lens on top of doing the social part and, and creating some good content 
Um, and, and kind of like everyone's talked about, uh, we don't want to overpost. Uh, we've actually limited Instagram to mostly one post a day, which our norm is two. Uh, our engagement rates have been similar or better, which has been good. Um, and we've sort of focused more Twitter and Facebook on like that informational resource part. So that's kind of what we decided as a staff to kind of keep us grounded and not feeling like we needed to constantly dig to create content. I think if we have this framework, we can build it around it. And, and that's been really helpful so far for us. Thanks, Sean. Um, to, couple questions just to talk a little bit about, you know, what you've done with, I think we've talked about this off air, um, what you've done with the university, how important it's been for you guys to help them, you know, because, you know, recruiting and students are unsure about where they want to go, but the athletic department's always been important. How important has it been or had there been conversations that you've had with university leadership about you guys being, a, you know, a real partner with them? Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting to think that we make up 25% of the student body. So there's been good communication about, you know, if we've been pitching stories or have we been focusing on certain things academically within our own literature or social media type posts. Um, so we've been we've been in contact with them. A big thing we've been doing really with them is making sure that we are sharing with them all the recruits that commit online on social. So we've been doing a, a really um, tight job of social listening on that. Uh, our coaches have come into play with that if they get tagged or if or if they know of anything that's been shared. Our college has been really focused on sharing those stories because they want to build positivity towards the incoming class and know that you know we're still gonna like be there for the students and we we're looking forward to next year. Um, kind of like we talked about earlier, it's all about moving about the positive side of things. We're not talking about that sad part of the year being over. So that's been huge for the college to share those posts. Basically anything we share to them, they find a way on social to share it. So it's buying those kids into being an Endicott Gull, um, sharing their stories. It's been, it's been everything from sharing their, their newspaper articles online um, to their personal tweets, to the team tweets. So that's, that's been huge for us. From an admission standpoint, you know, we've just been working with them on, on stuff that we would normally promote. So Accepted Students Day has come up a few times you know, throughout the webinar so far. So we were sharing the videos that they created. Uh, that first year residence hall video that they had was massive for us to share for, for our um, coaches. So, um, you know, I would say every other day, there's some form of communication between our group, the admissions office and or communication. So it's not, you know, constant of them saying exactly, hey, we need X, Y, and Z, but it's just that framework of like, okay, what's going on in your world? Can we help a little bit? Um, you know, what have you been doing? And that's been keeping us kind of in line with what they're doing on social because they have different goals as well. Um, you know, our school is lucky enough right now to kind of be over enrolling. So they did a big push on study abroad last week. So that's that may be something we focus on in a couple of weeks to help extend their push. Um, but it's conversations like that are that are really connecting those three uh, those three areas. And we report to admissions at our school. So that's just a little bit of a different situation than most. Thanks, Sean, and we'll uh, we'll come back to you in a little bit with some questions. And now we'll bring Alex Falk in to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what's happening at Manhattanville. And uh, Alex, uh, you know, to start it off, when we were when I went and saw your website, and it was one of the websites that I first started working on when I was a grad assistant at Manhattanville. You guys took a different approach to it and uh, put out a splash page that talked about for all our content, visit our social media. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, well, 
<clears throat> I mean, our our website is as you know the others have said today. It's it's a real it's a hub for game recaps and game previews and features and things like that. And unfortunately, we don't we don't have any games scheduled. There's nothing to be played. Um, you know, we've recently started a a written series for the website to try to increase some content there in general. But we knew as soon as this happened that we were going to have to get creative right away and start creating content for social media because as i said earlier the main goal was to just try to continue that feel of manhattanville community so we made a splash page we had a we have a social media directory on our website um, that was actually kind of outdated uh, because it hadn't really had that many hits and, and people really weren't going to it um, i went through and updated it made it clean and simple and easy to navigate and then we made a splash page that just said, you know, looking for content, click here to see our social media directory and go to whatever pages you want to go to. And, you know, there's going to be tons of specific content related on our main at GoValiance accounts. And, um, you know, I, I would say that our numbers are up on every single social media account. I, I think that's out of just kind of the situation we're in. But, you know, it's really drawn content, drawn uh, engagement and and followers to our social media accounts. Now, did you have you guys gotten the question? I know you have a presentation you want to show. Um, have you gotten any questions from maybe some of your older fans that are non-social media, um, you know, experts that that will look for stuff on the website? Has that kind of gotten brought up at all, or have you, you know, kind of taken your fan base and said, "Hey, follow us. We're going in a different route." Oh uh, yeah, we haven't really gotten any negative feedback from this. I would say we are making sure that we're not just posting on instagram which obviously is is the most used ver one of our uh social media accounts but we're making sure that we're posting on facebook as well and we're being pretty uniform as well on twitter and you know we're getting a lot of dms here and there just just like you know liking this post or sharing this post or or, or what have you but i think um by making sure that the content is pretty uniform across instagram twitter and, and facebook i would say we're you know, pretty much everybody has one of those at this point. So, you know, we haven't really gotten any negative feedback. One of the, some of the questions that are coming in, I think would be a great one to for, for you to talk a little bit about. And then the reason I want to ask you this is this is something that I dealt with when I was a grad assistant at Manhattanville is the end of the year, the, the banquet, the end of the year senior banquet. Um, you know, how are you, how are you guys handling that, especially considering that not all the sports, you know, had the same amount of activity. I know at a place like Manhattanville, um, there were different awards that were more tailored to administrators through, through athletics. And I know that was, you know, one of the highlights of the year is to see an, an administrator get recognized by the athletic department. I'm sure most of our schools have some kind of a, an award that goes to someone who's, you know, not in our, our department, but you know, how are you guys going to handle that virtually? Is it just going to be a, you know, when you come back and delay it a little bit? Yeah. So to be honest, that has kind of fallen down a little bit. Um, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we get everything that we need to get done. Um, I'm actually currently working on our hall of fame list because we still have that meeting going on for next October. Hopefully that's when we have our, our next hall of fame induction, but specifically for that, that was one of the first conversations we had when this all happened. Um, you know, it's going to be tough and I, I don't think we'll be able to handle hand out a an overall 
rookie of the year or senior student athlete of the year, male, female, things like that. Um, but it's definitely something that, you know, ideas have been tossed around as far as maybe making a few more awards like fall and winter specific awards and then still considering the spring student athletes for scholar athlete awards and things like that or making them eligible as sophomores in the spring year in their next spring season for the rookie of the year awards because you know as far as the NCAA is concerned if you're a sophomore but it's your first season competing collegially in a specific sport you are still considered a rookie in that sport um you know, and then as far as the administrative awards, the athletic directors award, you know, the alumni award, those are definitely things that we would still hand out. I don't, I, and I think um, most likely we probably turn it into some sort of pre-recorded thing. I think uh, just based on the equipment that we have and what's on campus that we don't have with us, obviously we can't do a full thing. So I think the best way to do it would probably be to pre-record it, edit it, button it up, make it quick and easily consumable and then and then post it out there awesome did you have a slide you wanted to show everybody um just i mean just like little examples of what's been working for us i would say um here we go so just little examples of what's been working for us this is that splash page that that nick was referring to uh it's been again it's obviously has the most clicks of any splash page that we've ever had and it really just sends them right to it um different things have been working everybody's talked about the senior tributes we've done a specific thing uh called hash uh, the valiant stay home uh series where we're trying to feature all of our student athletes. that's our ad son right in the middle there um our coaches our student athletes our staff and and they've been getting reshared by the college and reshared by all the team's individual accounts and just like little fun things to increase engage increase engagement like little guess who's anything to just kind of get a two-way conversation going if that makes sense and then we're doing a lot of team takeovers we would do them here and there throughout the season but again you don't always have time to do things uh like this during the season but now you're looking for that content so you're giving these kids a chance to put their voice on the main account rather than just the little accounts which at the d3 level it's a little harder for us as a small staff to manage all 23 sports 22 sports but we, you know we manage the main accounts and then honestly the things that are doing the best are the things that don't take a lot of time i'm sure you guys all have different versions of this floating around but you know we posted this little house thing on saturday and got you know almost 40 comments in like 20 minutes and it's you can tell that the graphic took maybe five minutes to put together and these little you know valiant favorite things we got probably 20 or 30 of them sent to us and it's just really simple we're doing a lot of like i said increasing engagement we're doing talk back tuesdays so ask me anything with administrators specifically we're you know we did one with our ad we're doing one with our head athletic trainer we'll do one with compliance we'll do one with strength things that you know people want to know and answers that we can get out there because not always are we posting everything that people want to know about but this is a good way to kind of get that information out there um you know Again, another thing that one of my GAs came up with was uh, First Responder Friday, which has been very well received, especially by alumni, and um, has been actually taken on as a, as a co-creative project with our alumni relations department since we did this. And it's just featuring different student athletes that have graduated from Manhattanville and have gone on to being first responders. And we just take, a, it's not a very difficult or time consuming thing to do. And it really, you know, plays well. Um, and then we're, posting those little team trick team passing videos those again are really increasing engagement a lot of social sharing going on um, and then as i alluded to before we're trying to get some more written content up on the website 
and that includes we're calling it the valiant series and it's kind of like from the student athletes point of view uh, it's being written by almost solely our athletic communications interns as well as a sports media a class of sports media students basically in like the players tribune form or fashion so just getting their voice out there in another way and um, you know specifically we have ga so i i technically am a one-man shop but i have two gas and so i'm just you know part of my job is as nick knows is teaching them in general because they're both a year or one year or two years out of college and this is like their first full-time job in athletic communication so it's really just trying trying to consistently work with them on creating this new content and giving them things right now one of my gas just recently posted our first series of d3 week videos and he's kind of owning that and going through that and then you know you see the screenshot of the to every spring athlete there that was the video i was alluding to before that one of my other gas was working on and just trying to also work on our normal uh, GoValiance.com updates that we normally would do as far as bios and records and things like that. So, you know, obviously there's a time and place for that and you generally do something like that over the summer. But, you know, if you're trying to hone your skills and some traditional uh, SID skills, I mean, that would be where we would direct them to. And then as I alluded to before, one big place that we're now spending some time is with student affairs. And, you know, we're currently working on a big video for Accepted Students Day. So they kind of get to know the directors of student affairs and really what student affairs is and what it does for the students outside of outside of academics so we're just trying to make sure that really these students that are coming in these prospective students know what they're getting the kind of experience they'd be getting not just you know in the classroom thanks alex um and i do know that if i was uh voting on your hat middle house i would pick house four there you go <laughs> everybody loves scotty everybody loves scotty mack one of the best athletic trainers there is uh guy never had a story that didn't last long shorter than 45 minutes um i want to bring everybody back uh before we end this um couple questions that we've got for just the group we can all just kind of go at this real quickly um, but we did talk about this, you know, not having senior days and not having senior banquets and not having graduations. You know, what are some quick ideas everyone can go down the line once again um, that you guys have talked about to maybe help some of the other, you know, folks that are on that are that are attending that may you know need a little help? How can you honor a senior who is sitting at home and he may not be able to walk across the stage or, you know, they may not be able to get there? you know, plaque that they get at home plate for, for uh, senior day. What, what are some things you guys are doing? One thing we're doing, um, okay. sorry. One thing that we're doing is yep. um, all of our sports, they get like a senior day video. And that's something that we're continuing, continuing with. Um, and we've included interviews from our coaches over the past years. And so we're, we've set up like Zoom interviews with those coaches to get their thoughts on their, their senior class. And I think that's kind of cool just because like you said, they, they won't have their like senior day, um, but we'll, we'll still have the same offering for the senior day video, basically. Amory? Uh, our big end of year event is called the Senior Litter Winners Dinner. And just like everyone else, seniors get videos and awards and everything. But really, the exciting part there for the seniors, besides getting awards and seeing themselves in video, which they do all the time, is getting recognition from their peers and their parents and all the other families in attendance. 
and just giving them videos and just emailing them awards is not the same thing. You really don't have that that group around you. You don't have the acknowledgement of your peers and and the overall department. Um, and so we're working on it. Um, our varsity club, which is um, our department that's in charge of that dinner, is working on some solutions of um, how to replicate that, how to make sure that we still get that same feeling and the seniors still get that appreciation. And it's not just electronic. It's not just, well, here's something we made for you. Good luck on your way. It needs to be a more of a community experience. So so at Endicott, we're sort of in uh, Emery's boat where we're going to make sure we try and do something to honor them together as a senior class. Uh, right now, the, the thought process is a barbecue and we give them their senior gifts there. So it's basically a replica of their jersey but it's um, something that you can hang on your wall. It kind of sticks like maybe like this far out, but it's a, it's a, a hand painted uh, replica of your jersey, depending on what sport you play. Um, we have the unique situation of, of varsity sports and club sports are treated equally at Endicott, um, just because of the home, you know, that whole family togetherness, everyone is kind of in the same boat. So uh, we have those student athletes to think about too, not just our NCAA athletes, um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Obviously, we have the senior send-offs that have been, you know, very uh, quote driven by their coaches that have had some insight into their personal stuff. But like, like it's been said, we want to make sure we have something in place for them to meet uh, because that was the biggest concern from the coaches is that they wouldn't be able to see each other again, and the coaches wouldn't be able to see them. So we're trying to really focus on that right now. Uh, in terms of awards banquet, we've actually pulled back on a lot of the awards we're going to hand out. Um, it might be uh, two or three at this point, but we've uh, had a discussion as a staff and we didn't feel that it was appropriate to do like fall, winter um, student athletes of the year and things like that. So it's been really engaging conversation, though. I'm curious how that's been with everyone else, too, around the, um, the divisions. Yeah, Alex, anything you want to finish us off with? Yeah, so specifically... We actually had um, one of our softball players wrote a, a really touching letter to the president, um, just kind of campaigning for a makeshift senior week the, uh, for the student athletes that obviously didn't get it this year. So that's obviously not just student athletes and it's kind of an overall thing. And during that week, we usually do our senior brunch for our student athletes where they get their tassels and they, you know, they receive all their athletic awards and things like that and um you know so that's a big thing that we're, the department has really gotten behind as far as supporting the student athlete and really giving it a serious amount of thought to give these seniors that week that you know a lot of them they left for spring break and then that was it they are you know there's a chance they might never see their friends in the place that they met them and really you know those bonds that they formed ever again and it's it's pretty depressing when you think about it so um, really kind of anything that you can do. I know it's not the same. It's just not the same as what we would have done for them. You know, they don't, they're not going to get the same experience that they were hoping and that their, you know, upper classmates and things like that have gotten. But it's really just, I think they, uh, like I said before, one of the main things that we are trying to do is make sure that they understand that we feel just as bad about this as they do. And it's not really anything anybody can do about it. Um, so just, doing what you can and helping them in any form or fashion. You know, we did our dedicated senior post to the spring student athletes. We're still making our senior plaques. We're sending them to the coaches. 
when we get back on campus, whenever that is, we'll still make sure they get the physical senior plaques and the frame photos and everything that they get normally. It's really just kind of, you know, working with what we have. I mean, this is the situation that we're all in and it's just making the best of it. So hopefully they still get everything they, they were planning on getting. It's just a little delayed and it might be a little different. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting seeing next year's homecoming for football, how important that is seeing those classes come back. I uh, want to thank everyone uh, for your time. We went uh, over an hour, which is great. A lot of great content from everyone. Um, you know, big thanks to all our presenters for their guidance on strategies and the uh, creative content and giving us some ideas for some SIDs and how to add some more value during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, Quick reminder uh, that you can find the on-demand webinar on CoSIDA.com and CoSIDA Connect, our membership portal later this afternoon. It's also uh, gonna be put into a podcast form and will be available on the CoSIDA YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have all those links on the CoSIDA website. Thanks for joining us today for, uh, this is uh, our first of three webinars this week. Uh, each of them will be at two o'clock Eastern. Um, tomorrow, join us for the NAIA CIDA for a live webinar on crisis communication and COVID-19. And then on Thursday, we will host our uh, webinar where we talk about our salary and compensation survey entitled uh, Realizing the Value of Communications Pros, a first look at the 2020 COSIDA salary survey. Thanks for joining us once again, everyone. I'll talk to you again soon.